and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season five, episode eight, Shadow. No announcements. Nope. Nope. We're good. It's been um, a pretty it's been a pretty easy time. It is, it is, but we're going in holiday season. So like everything yeah. everything is both crazy and calm at the well, same time. For, for us recording this, we're going into the holiday season. Yes, yes. By the time you guys listen to this, it will be a brand new year. It will be yeah, yeah. We'll be in the new year. So hello to the future. Yes. <laughs> If as, as long as as long as the world is still here, ah, as long as we don't have a Y two K moment, we're good. <laughs> Jesus, everything okay. is weird. Tell me about it. <laughs> It aired November 21st, 2000, and our synopsis is, while Buffy is indisposed at the hospital with Joyce's tests, Giles inadvertently sells (laughs) Glory evil transmogrification artifacts. The Slayer must then rush to stop the creation of a cobra monster, but Glory beats her to the punch. Oh, Giles. This whole, I love that whole scene and the the revelation later on. So do we have foreign titles? We have one. The French come through for us again Woohoo! with incantation. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So we do get a previously on pretty much summing up the season so far. Joyce is sick. Don is a mystical entity. Riley is 90% sure Buffy doesn't love him. And Spike is 100% sure he is in love with <laughs> Buffy. Then we're off to the hospital for Joyce's CAT scan. As Joyce lays as still as can be inside the machine. The weirdest CAT scan machine I've ever seen. Oh, but we're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's in this machine very, very still. Dawn and Buffy sit out in the waiting area. Dawn's fidgety and Buffy is doing what she can to keep busy. Like fetching sodas for the two of them. So what is a CAT scan exactly? Buffy doesn't know. Kind of like an x-ray maybe? So why call it a cat scan? Do they test it on cats? Or does the machine kind of look like a cat? Okay, so for anyone that would like to know, (laughs) a cat scan, also known as a CT scan, is an imaging procedure that uses a combination of x-ray and computer technology to produce images of inside the body. Now, (laughs) this is usually an outpatient procedure and would not have required Joyce to stay the night. However, Joyce is clearly in an MRI machine. Yep, yep. <laughs> and later the doctors will also reference an MRI. Mm-hmm. So it is possible that Joyce is receiving multiple tests. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense with not knowing what is going on with her. Yeah. That they would be doing multiple tests. But it's also possible that they just mixed up medical terms because let's face it we are not in a medical drama we are not in er this is buffy the vampire slayer exactly buffy's ready to tell dawn she is not in the mood but at the last minute she stops herself dawn is just as scared as buffy is because dawn doesn't know joyce isn't actually her mom she has all the same pain and worries as buffy and buffy sees that so she pulls dawn close and kisses her head as we go to the magic box 
where Tara is looking over the ad Giles placed in the yellow pages. You remember that when you had I to remember. Like, go to the yellow pages for businesses. You couldn't just like Google magic stores near me. Yeah, I loved I did. Well, and but I mean, the good thing about the yellow pages was it was so local where when you Google magic stores near me now, you may get because of the way that the internet works with sponsored and people paying for their their listing to be higher up in the search, you may get something that's out of state. Yeah. You may get something that is eight hours away from you. Would you like to drive two and a half hours to this one in Pennsylvania? Well well, yes, but that's not the forty five minute errand I was envisioning. Well, see, that's the thing. It's trying to get you to come to my house. It is. You are behind the Google. I am I yes. Yes, it is all I am behind the Google. It is all a plot to for me to get my best friend to visit me more often. And not like, you know, the other way around where me visit her. But yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, well, you have a new puppy I have to meet. So you it makes do. sense that the plot yes. is going that way right now. Yes. Yes. That is very true. I have a, the new puppy who will absolutely love you more than the old one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stare at Puck while I pet Echo. Like, yeah, this could be you. <laughs> and the best, the best thing about Puck is that he doesn't care. Nope. The only time the only time he cares is if I am petting Echo. Aww. And then he needs all the attention. But yeah, the the yellow pages businesses could pay, and they, you know businesses had to pay to put their to get the full like the ad that Giles had is a lot more expensive than just putting it under the category of where yeah. it would go. Tara loves it. She thinks it's great in a hard to read kind of way as a lot of the words rhyme. And so it ends up a little tongue twistery. Giles takes another look at it himself as Willow, Xander, and Anya enter. Willow and Xander having a little debate about something. As they approach the counter, Xander asks Giles to back him up with a, am I right? To which Giles says, almost never. (laughs) But then adds he wasn't actually listening. This is where we learn we are once again directly continuing from the episode before. As it's the next morning and Xander, Anya, and Willow all went to meet Riley at the cemetery, you know, to go after the nest. Only when they got there, the crypt was already destroyed. Anya, now alerted to the existence of the ad, searches for any mention of herself. (laughs) While Xander says, Captain America went all lone wolf. (laughs) It's a good reference. It was. That was. Because Riley is a very, like, if President Roosevelt calls, tell him I'm not home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Something Giles says is a bit reckless of him, but at least this way the rest of them avoided confrontation. That's what Anya said! She wasn't really looking to start her day with a slaughter, which really just goes to show how much she's grown. (laughs) Now that they're there, they can help him and Tara look up info on Buffy's mysterious woman. Excellent! Shouldn't be that hard. They're just trying to find information on something they've never seen and know nothing about. Anya tells Xander to just do what she does. Flip through pages and pretend to be busy. Willow just wishes they knew where she was hanging out. Xander's sure it's probably some sewer or a decrepit church. Definitely someplace rat infested. You know, the usual places. Oh no, no, no. And this is why we love Glory. For she is living it up in a penthouse. 
Right? Like, uh, that's this is one of the things that I absolutely love about Glory is so many times you get, I mean, why do they have to live in the sewers? Right? Like, that is why, like, I do love that Angel, you know, did move into the big crazy mansion. You know, I like that she has standards. Mm-hmm. She has like she has standards. She wants to look pretty. She wants all the nice shoes. Yep. And she will go to the sewers when she needs to. Yeah. She's all luxurious, trying on shoes while a minion fawns all over her. He's brought her a dark spell, lost for centuries. And while Glory cares, she cares way more about the shoes. (laughs) Do these pumps make her ankles look bony? No, of course not. Her ankles are perfect, smooth, the epitome of ankles. If he was to touch such an ankle, not that he would, he's, he is definitely not touching. Glory kicks off her shoe and the minion, who we, na- who we learn is named Drag, thanks her for it as it bounces off his head. Drag is my favorite minion ever. Drag is the best minion. Yeah, he is... Again, like he's he's also he's also good comic relief, but like he's perfect for somebody who is bonkers like Glory. He then proceeds to thank her more for even saying his name. For her voice is like a thousand sweet songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spell is going to work, right? Because there is nothing worse than a gift that doesn't work. Plus, she'd have to get all mad and kill him. It will work. Provided she has the items she needs. Oh, she'll have them. As she rips out the ad from the phone book. She'll have them all. Credits. Still awesome. After the credits, we go to the Summer's house. Where Riley is approaching the front door. He finds it ajar and so lets himself in, calling for Buffy. There's no answer, but he does see a ratty old blanket by the stairs. Belonging to a Dickensian orphan. Yes. Yes. Kind of like the one our favorite Dickensian orphan (laughs) uses to hide from the sun. He drapes it over the banister and heads upstairs to find Spike (laughs) in Buffy's room. Sniffing sweaters. (laughs) What? Spike. My dude. My, My dude. I, I love you. We love you, yes. Come on, don't be weird. Don't be weird. He's, yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely being very weird. <laughs> Riley also thinks this is hella weird and demands to know just what Spike is doing in Buffy's room. Him? Oh, well, he was, what is Riley doing there? Looking for the girl that's going to rip his arms off when he she realizes he's been in her room. Yeah, well, him too. Was he just smelling her sweater? <laughs> No, no. Okay, yes, he was, but it's a predator thing. Nothing odd. Just knowing the scent of his enemy, getting himself all primed for the hunt. He very dramatically sniffs it again before growling. All, yeah, that's the stuff. Slayer musk. It's bitter and aggravating. You know what? I'm on Riley's side for once in this scene. Yeah, Riley, he's not buying this at all. And so grabs Spike's shirt. Out! He drags him from the room and down the steps, but not before Spike manages to grab a pair of Buffy's underwear. I miss that. Yeah, that's what he grabs as he's going out the door. That, oh, I, yeah, I didn't, I did not notice that. Yeah, pink, lacy, very cute, but still, my dude, my dude. Yeah. Yeah, again, again, I am, you know, I'm not going to be on Riley's side at the end of this episode, but... This, yeah, it's like, 
Like, I'm with Riley. Like, don't be weird. Yeah. As they get close to the door, Spike says he knows for a fact that Buffy would not mind him being there. Right. Because what's a little sweater sniffing between sworn enemies? (laughs) Does he think sworn enemies are in the habit of buying one another drinks? Because that's what happened. Buffy spent the better part of last night with him. Yeah, okay. Tell him another. Fine. Twice in the very recent past, Buffy's had the lovers Wicca do their thing and bar certain vamps from the house. Riley ever ask himself why Spike wasn't taken off the guest list? Probably because Joyce is not barring her son-in-law from her house. She loves Spike. Because he's harmless. Yeah, well, takes one to know one. At least he's still got the attitude. What does Riley have? The piercing stare? He hates to break this to him, but he's just not what Buffy's looking for in a man. She likes them rough. Dangerous. Occasionally a little bumpy in the forehead. Not that Buffy doesn't like him. That he's just not dark enough. Grabbing Spike, Riley yanks open the front door and holds him outside. This dark enough for him? As Spike starts to protest and sizzle, Riley says he's the one who knows what Buffy needs, not Spike. Really? And is that why he's at the hospital with her right now? Confused, Riley pulls him back in. What is he talking about? Her mom. She's sickly. Went to the hospital for some tests. Buffy went with, along with the bite-sized one. Funny she didn't call him. Spike's known since last night. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because we never see that conversation on screen. So that means Spike sat with Buffy a really long time on that porch. Yep. And let and her. she told him. Yep. And again, yep. this is where I'm like, shared life experience. But she she told him. She opened up to him and told him. And I just, oh, oh, that just makes the ending of last episode even better. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like at the end, the end is just so simple with him sitting there next to her. But this implies that they were sitting there for a much longer time. Yeah. Also, somebody is going to find a shotgun in the yard unless he took it when he left. <laughs> he laid it on the porch behind him. Oh, that's right. When he yeah, sat down. Yeah. So he took it home. <laughs> we don't have to be worried about the neighbors like gardening yeah. and... But you know what? That would probably be the least weird thing they found in Sunnydale. I mean, that is true. And Riley is officially done. He takes Spike and tosses him out into the sunshine. A moment later, he tosses the blanket out as well. Back at the hospital, Buffy is pacing outside the exam room when Riley comes up beside her. He heard what happened and thought maybe Buffy is instantly hugging him. She did. She needed that. And she's sorry she didn't call. She, it's fine. How's her mom? They just finished the CAT scan. Buffy was about to go in and can he sit with Dawn while she talks to them? Of course. He heads towards the waiting room and she goes inside joining Joyce and the doctor who are looking at the images from the test. Can she come in? Of course. Where's Dawn? Uh, Watching TV with Riley. Excusing himself, the doctor says he's going to go check on the OR. The OR? Joyce nods. The doctor says she's lucky one is available on such short notice. Some people have to wait days or even weeks. None of this is comforting to Buffy. What did they find? A shadow. She has a shadow. The doctor showed her where, but they need to do a biopsy to find out more. They hug and Joyce says it's too early to be concerned. It's just a shadow. At the magic box, the gang is still coming up empty. (laughs) Willow wishes they knew what they were dealing with. It feels like they're going around in circles. It's more than that. Their circles also going around in circles. (laughs) 
As they lament their lack of progress, Giles sells a Buddhist statue to a guy who looks like he smokes a lot of weed and plays hacky sack in the campus quad. Yep. Tara, being the bright, shining goddess that we all know she is, brings up the very good point of what if she's not even in the books? Huh? What if she's not a demon or a sorceress or anything else that these books would cover? What if she's another entity entirely? Giles is super intrigued by this. And done with the sale comes over. Something new. No. Tara shakes her head. Something old. I love this scene with Tara. Because, well, and and we had recorded out of order. So the last one we recorded was family. So to come back here and see Tara back in her element and the confident Tara that she has become is I love it because this is Tara. This is who Tara should be without her fucking ass family. Yeah. So old. It predates the written word. Willow says the Dagon sphere. Giles said it was created to repel that which cannot be named. So then maybe she predates language itself. Well, if this means Xander doesn't have to read anymore, (laughs) he slams a book shut. If this is true, then Giles says they're blind. They have nothing to go on. No way to predict her moves (laughs) to know where she may turn up next. Turning, he finds Glory standing right behind him. Oh, hello. She wants these. She hands him what looks like two items and he goes over to the counter to ring her up. Did she find everything okay? No problemo. Handing her both her receipt and the bag with the items, he waits until she has departed to rejoin the group. She could be anywhere. (laughs) But if she's as powerful as Buffy says, they'll catch on to her long before she ever makes her next move. Will you though? Oh, bless your, bless your sweethearts. I love moments like that where the audience knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. And the characters don't. Just like, no, stop. (laughs) Back at the hospital, Don is curled up asleep in one of the larger chairs. Riley covers her with his jacket, making sure she's okay before returning to Buffy. They sit together waiting until the doctor comes out. Joyce made it through the surgery and they're taking her to recovery room now. Do they have the results? The doctor suggests they sit, but Buffy doesn't want to sit. She's been sitting for hours. Just please tell her. And he does. Joyce has a brain tumor. So I was watching this episode at my mom's. And so my mom's overhearing all this. And she kept asking me if her mom dies and, and what happens. Oh. And I'm, I'm trying to explain the body to her. And I just, I start crying at my mom's kitchen table, even talking about that episode. Yeah. Yeah. And like I keep, I keep checking the, 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 like the episode list, like how how far away. And we do. We still have pretty many episodes. We do. Until that. But like just knowing that it's coming up. Yeah. So when I was talking to my mom, I told her, I was like, I think we're going to have to make sure we block out the whole day for that because I think it's going to take like five hours to record mm-hmm. because we're just going to have to like pause, cry, oh, recompose yeah. ourselves yeah continue it's 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 gonna yeah there's a lot of episodes that are fun but that is that is not gonna be one of them and and like one of the things about that episode is it's just so real that's what i was telling her i mean you know it's it's you and and you see like you see buffy you know you know later on like try to find magic to like she's so used to having some sort of supernatural fix for everything and that yeah. episode just goes to show that 
It can't. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be a hard one. That's gonna be a marathon. Like we're we're gonna be. There's. <laughs> and heck, the episode the 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 episode might only be like an hour and a half, but <laughs> it's gonna take when, forever. When you cut out when Mary cuts out all of our all of our crying. Oh. <clears throat> but but we're we're not there yet. We're not there. We're yet. not there yet. We'll we'll get we'll get there. But this is the this is the this is the journey. This is the this is the we, real start of what leads we us know, there. Yeah, like we know that something's going on. I'm already crying. The doctor continues telling Buffy that due to the nature of this tumor, things might progress rather rapidly. Symptoms, things like loss of appetite, mood swings. Is there anything Buffy can do? Anything that will help? The doctor says he has some literature she can read, but really, until they know if the tumor is operable, there's very little to be done. But if it proves to be operable, her mom has a good chance. What's a good chance? Well, one in three patients end up doing just fine. The look on Buffy's face says it all. That's not good. In fact, it's decidedly not good. One in three, while in an overall worldview is good, when it comes to her mother, it's not enough. She needs something more. She needs to know the odds are better. Along comes Ben to save her from this conversation, (laughs) telling the doc that he's needed in the ICU. Once the other is gone, Ben sits down. The guy's good, but he doesn't know when to back off. As after dropping this bombshell, he starts bombarding Buffy with questions about her mom's lifestyle in the area where they live. Ben then assures her that they really do have the best people on her mom's case, which seems to help Buffy a bit, but not a lot because there's still nothing she can do. Something Ben sadly must reiterate. And so he tells Buffy to take a break, leave for a bit, get some fresh air and come back later. Talk to the doctor again then. Ben leaves and Riley returns. It's bad. He knows. Standing, Buffy says she needs to go. Go? Go where? She has to find something, like a healing spell. Riley tries to tell her that sometimes people just get sick. But Buffy isn't having it. There has to be a solution. And his attitude, it's not helping her find it. She asks him to stay with Dawn and meet her at the magic shop after she wakes up. What does he tell her? Tell her they don't know anything yet. At said shop, Anya's behind the counter. And I love that they have stuck to the counter those bumper stickers that we all had in the 90s, early 2000s about like magic happens Mm -hmm. or the do not meddle in the affairs of dragons for you are crunchy and taste good with ketchup. Anyway, she's gone through some receipts when she sees something that catches her eye. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Giles and the others rush over. Her haze are starting to scare the customers, <laughs> as well as the rest of the state. He sold a Coles animate and a Sabiki and Bloodstone. <laughs> he did, yes. Is he stupid or something? For a moment, all is quiet, before Giles wonders if he should answer that question with a firing. No, <laughs> no, she's kidding. Xander reminds Anya that they talked about employer-employee vocabulary no-nos. That was number five. <laughs> But you never sell these things together. Never. Bad things can happen. Do they not know about the Subikians? Willow does. They were a cult back in ancient Egypt. Heavy into dark magic. Tara adds that the amulet was used in transmogrification spells. Exactly. So Giles says those spells were all lost a thousand years ago. And that for them to even work, the young woman he sold them to would have to have great... Oh. <laughs> Young woman, Willow gives him a look as they all slowly start to realize that they may have encountered glory after all. 
I see. This is why I love that they have Anya here. Yeah, because for all of Giles's knowledge, there are still things that he doesn't know. Yeah, and Anya is, and and Anya with her lack of filter makes it fun. <laughs> Riley, it seems, has taken a bit of a detour and taken Dawn to the park. They're sitting by the carousel, eating ice cream, or more accurately, letting ice cream melt. Riley says he knows he isn't making this better. And Dawn says, no, he is. This is better. Really. She then tells Riley about her 10th birthday party. How it was right after they moved to Sunnydale. And how Joyce rented out the carousel for just Dawn and her friends. Only Dawn hadn't made any friends yet, so it was just her, their mom, and Buffy. Riding it over and over for the whole hour. Just so Joyce felt they could get their money's worth. She's not going to get better, is she? Riley tells her that absolutely she will. Summer's women? They're tough. Dawn says she's glad Riley's there. He is too. And Buffy's glad he's there as well. Yeah? Mm-hmm. She cries less with him than she did with Angel. Angel made her cry? Well, everything with him was so, ee, my boyfriend's a vampire. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. It was like every day was the end of the world. She doesn't get worked up like that over Riley. She thinks Riley's been really good for Buffy. Poor Dawn. She has helped exactly wrong in this conversation. But I like the way that she helped. Like, if Riley was a less, you know, Riley type of person. <laughs> less Riley. It was a great way because what she is saying is that Riley is far more stable than Angel was. Yeah. So in Dawn's teenage view, it is so much better than yeah. all the crying and danger that she had with Angel. Now, we know... We know that Buffy needs something entirely different. Yes. But for little sister, she sees Riley as he's nice and stable. He's a nice guy. He is, he's human. So she sees this as this is the ideal for her big sister. So I also really, I like the implications of this conversation. Now, Obviously, some things have had to change, and we know that they did a comic on that. But, like, I doubt Buffy brought Angel around the house any more than she did in canon. Mm -hmm. And, like, Joyce never really met Angel. I think, like, once. Like, didn't even really know they were dating till, like, the end when they couldn't date anymore. But I could see that, like, I don't know, I don't know how the comics were, but I could see that, I could see Dawn finding out sooner about Buffy being the Slayer and Buffy being with well, Angel. So, th so that that is a very interesting conversation that like has because again, when we get to normal again, it's implied that Dawn found Buffy's journal from when she was still in Henry, mm. and then she freaked out, showed it to her parents, like, "Oh my God, my sister's writing about all these monsters." That's why Buffy spent like two weeks at a clinic in LA. So like, again, when weird stuff started happening in Sunnydale and Dawn was a little bit older, she could probably connect A to yeah. B and realize, oh shit, this was what was happening in LA too. But the, the, the idea here I think is, and again, it's a very little sister thing is that like, I don't think Angel and Buffy's relationship was any more front and center, which means Dawn heard her crying through the walls. Dawn heard her talking to Willow. Yeah. yeah. Dawn, like, it's just all this knowledge you know from, like, eavesdropping. Mm -hmm. And also, like, again, 
interesting stuff that we'll talk about when we get a little bit further into the season, probably just an episode or two, actually. Um, that I do know, I do know there is one scene from the comics where Angelus tried to get to Dawn. And again, like I said, I don't think Angel was around anymore. Angel didn't really know Joyce. But Spike is trusted with Buffy's family, with her sister, which Angel clearly never was. And it's just, it's just the more we go on, the more I'm yeah. like, how do Buffy, how do people call Angel Buffy's great love? Like, the more you go on, the more you realize they did not have an actual relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know what? It was one of those things that I think if you're just watching it, you can you can see that. Mm-hmm. But from our standpoint, we're going through these episodes piece by piece and dissecting them and nitpicking and like seeing all these things. So I think because we're doing this, we're seeing it a lot more. And also when yeah. when you watch it as, you know, a teenager at that time, because of the whole Romeo and Juliet aspect. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> Yeah, it could be seen as like when when you're 16 years old, you're feeling everything amped up to 11. Like everything, like everything is a drama. Everything is. Joyce has that line in the first season. Yeah, I know at 16, everything seems like life and or everything seems like the end of the world or something like that. Yeah. Like not realizing that like, no, no, if Buffy does not leave the house, it is actually the end of the world the end of the world yeah yeah but yeah like it every like your emotions you know you're going through you know for buffy it was her you know her first great love yeah you know Which, that's why like i hate a little insulting to pike but well, okay yeah. great love great love because it's dramatic we're gonna it is, it's very dramatic it's very dramatic, very dramatic. <laughs> it's why like one of the reasons why i hate I mean, for many reasons, I hate Twilight, like (laughs) Bella becoming a vampire, like with this first guy that showed her attention (sighs) is like (laughs) children. This is not it's not how we live our lives. Like get better standards. Yes. We don't really have time to dwell on Riley's feelings because we're off to the magic shop once again, where Buffy has met up with the rest of the gang. She's trying to get them all on board the healing spell idea, but they're a bit hesitant as Giles tells her the magical and the medical aren't really supposed to mix. Tara's heard of botching spells and making them worse. And as Anya says, they've all done enough making things worse for one day. What? What are they talking about? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Anya just broke something. Her, she, they try to cut her off. Buffy (laughs) doesn't need to hear about her clumsiness right now. What? That is so... Poor Anya. (laughs) When in doubt, blame it on Anya. Oh, looking at Buffy, Anya relents. Typical her. All slippery fingers. Buffy's not buying it. What happened? (laughs) Nothing. Giles. Fine. Fine. Her demon woman was here and she has an amulet and a bloodstone that can conjure a monster. Oh my God. Are they all okay? She didn't hurt them, did she? No, everyone's fine. No violence. Okay, well then how did she get away with the items? Lowering her voice, Anya says, Giles sold them to her. (laughs) Well, he didn't know. How could he? Tara says Anya figured it out though, what she's up to. Anya says a thousand years ago, there was this group, the Sobakites. They worshipped a reptile demon. You know, 
For once, Sander would like to run into a cult that worships fuzzy bunnies. <laughs> Anya is so upset. <laughs> Thank you for those nightmares. <clears throat> anyway, their high priest had this amulet imbued with transmogrifying properties. <laughs> Willow explains that he could change things into other things. And given the markings on the stone, they think Glory wants to change a cobra. Great. So she's making a monster. Why? They're still working on that one. Okay, then keep working. She's going to go find the thing and kill it. But Glory creamed her last time. Yeah, because she wasn't ready. She can't just sit there. She can't do nothing. And so we go off to the zoo and the reptile house where Glory punches through the glass and takes out the fakest looking rubber snake. Holding him, she tells him to chill. She's about to make him a star. Placing him in a jar, she orders Dreg to start chanting. As he reads from the scroll, she translates, telling their buddy, the reptile god, to transform the snake. Glory thinks it's kind of overwritten, though. Why doesn't anyone just get right to the fight? Coming up behind her, Buffy goes to knock her down. Hey! No fear attacking her without warning! (laughs) Buffy gets a few good blows in, but soon Glory is over the attack and once again handing Buffy's ass to her. All while ordering Dreg to keep chanting, she tosses Buffy into another exhibit as she waits for her monster to arise. Eventually, it breaks free of its jar. Finally, having climbed out of the exhibit, Buffy watches her for a sec before appearing to run off. Glory commands her new pet to go, seek out what cannot be seen, find the key, and then return to her and tell her where it is. For a moment, no one moves, and then Glory tells him, Now would be nice. <laughs> Off it goes as we return to the magic shop. Giles is helping a woman look for Alistair Crowley Sings. (laughs) Okay. He doesn't carry it, but he does have some whale sounds. (laughs) I would love to hear an album of Alistair Crowley singing. I don't know what that would sound like, but that would be delightful. At first I thought he also said he said whale sounds. I was very confused. (laughs) Entering the shop, Riley asks where Buffy is. She left a little bit ago. To go where? Hunt down the demon woman that's trying to make a monster. They let her go? Giles says let isn't exactly what happened. He knows how Buffy can be when she sets her mind to it. As he hurries off to assist a customer, Xander hangs back to talk with Riley and oh boy, do I love an insightful Xander. (laughs) Oh, this, this is, yeah, this is where I... This is where I sent you the yeah. message about. Because, oh, I love I love this tidbit. Riley says Buffy could get herself killed. And Xander says he knows. Rushing off all alone, not waiting for some much needed backup. Tossing hand grenades around all willy nilly. Oh, wait. Riley says it's different. And Xander agrees. Buffy right now needs something she can fight. A problem she can solve. She knows the kind of action she's looking for. Does he? Riley says nothing, and Xander, fearing he might have overstepped, starts to apologize. He didn't mean... No. No, it's okay. Is he okay? Yeah. Just a little crazed. Xander hears that. Riley goes to leave again, saying if Buffy needs him... Like, just good job, Xander. Yeah, this this is... Yeah, this this scene is... It's so... Like, it's... it's this is one of those scenes where I feel people just overlook. Like, they are just too intent on hating and i know i know we've banged this drum we've beat this horse yeah into bloody pulp but 
to ignore a moment like this where Xander is the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Xander, who you have to think about Xander as the type of person who has been on the outside his whole life. Yeah. And somebody who has been on the outside their whole life is used to watching people. And when it comes to pointing things out, that's exactly what he's doing because he he's and he's also trying to relay to Riley that, yes, Buffy goes off and does her thing, but that doesn't mean they go off by themselves. Right. Like the, the their whole thing is they are a team. They are cohesive. They work together. And it's not just one of them going out. No. Like, yeah, like you can't stop. You can't stop Buffy. Like when like when Riley says, oh, you let her go by herself. Like, don't you know your girlfriend by now? Like, have have you ever met her? <laughs> she doesn't exist. She pretty much does what she wants to do. And everybody else is just along for the ride. And she's going through a lot right now. She needs to punch something. She does. Which she very much does. <laughs> but I, I also like that this is, again, continuing like what we saw in Family and what we saw in The Replacement. That like Xander and Riley have an actual genuine friendship. Mm-hmm. Like they try to be there for each other. Like basically like, oh, we're the two guys in here. Let's like stick together and not in a like dude bro kind of way. Yeah, like in a, in yeah. a brotherly way. And yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like Xander with the other commandos, you know, being all, you know, testosterone. Yeah, like this is a very big brother, little brother relationship that they have. Like Xander is genuinely concerned about Riley. And I just I, I good, good job, Xander. I know. And that's like, yeah, that's where I sent a sarcastic message to Mary about, oh, Xander's the worst. Oh, such the worst. So the Cobra Monster, or Cobro, as I now want to call him. <laughs> um, if you have not seen Only Murders in the Building Season 3, please go do so, as it will only make this funnier. Uh, slithers through a church. The phone in the shop rings, and it's Buffy calling to check in. She's back at the hospital, tucking an ice pack against her side. She found Glory, but she got her ass kicked. And her monster is loose in the world. Is she hurt? Does he need to come down there? She's fine, and her mom will be awake soon. She wants to be there when the doctors tell her. Dawn's coming to him, though. School's out and she'll be on her way. Well, hold on! Hold, did like, Dawn go to school for, like, an hour? Like, the timing of this day is very strange. Time moves weird in Sunnydale. Like, unless they have all been hanging in this shop for, like, 48 hours straight, Dawn probably made it to school at, like, 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> and I just... Okay. Okay. So, Whatever. Yeah. Don't don't think about it. Anyway, Buffy tells Giles that Dawn is really fragile right now and doesn't know anything is really wrong. He promises that he won't breathe a word of it. What follows is a very strange yet very sad montage. Dawn working on homework in the magic shop, Buffy waiting at the hospital, Riley drinking alone and being approached once again by Sandy, Buffy and her mom talking with the doctor, looking sad. Christine and Sarah really do deserve, like, so many Emmys for this scene. Like, all the emotions are running across their face. Riley going off with Sandy, letting her bite him, and then sticking a stake in her. Bye, Sandy. Bye. Bye, Riley, Sanity. Like, he just pitiful. He's, yeah. Also, Cobro is still on the loose, like, slithering past a carousel. 
Yeah, this was the point with with Cobro slithering around. I was watching it on my laptop and Owen sat down next to me and he happened to leave, lean over. And of course, being a 11 year old boy, sees this big snake monster and was like, Ooh, what are you watching? That's really cool. I'm like, I'm like, honey, I, you're, this is not, this whole show is probably not the fun you, you, you imagine you're going to have. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, no. But I, I do appreciate that he looked over at the point where giant snake monster i mean giant snake monsters are cool and this was a really good this was a really good uh this 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 was this is one of the better looking demons that they've that they've had so there is something about that hold on just a second while i find it because there was a conversation about this demon okay let me see uh where is that oh i see it yeah 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 i have yeah, it yeah so yeah because they wanted to use like so there was a question if it was going to be a computer generated demon or like again makeup and so david fury said that like he was envisioning something very bug-like something not human and so of course it is our lord and savior marty noxon who like came up with the idea of like well what if it was a reptile yeah and then they could like go to the reptile house and so just good good job marty because this did this turned out looking really great oh, much yeah. better than like the frat house snake guy I was, from, like, that's, that's exactly yeah that was exactly what i was thinking about because like the the frat house snake demon was I mean, and luckily, like, that was only on screen for, like, two seconds, but... Yeah. Like, the way that this is definitely... And again, like, we're in 2000 at this point, so things are definitely looking better. Arriving at the magic shop, Buffy enters. She's come to get Dawn and take her back to the hospital. Their mom is awake, and she's waiting for them. Can they take her home? They'll see. She tells Dawn to grab her stuff before moving to talk to Willow and Giles. Any snake monster sightings? No, Willow and Tara even did a mini patrol earlier, but Cobra was nowhere to be seen. Before she can finish that sentence, he's crashing through the window, sending a shelf into Buffy and fixating on Dawn, who just screams and screams and screams until it causes the creature to run away. I like how we you know, we have a, a continuation of the poor windows where Giles is working being broken. <sighs> right? Giles cannot cut a break. Tara's confused. Why was Cobra afraid of her? Buffy turns to Giles. He knows. And so off she goes, following Cobra out into the night. As she goes one way pursuing him, Giles goes another because Giles is smart and gets the car. Now they can pursue him even faster. His his midlife crisis mobile. Buffy says she needs to reach the snake before the snake can reach Glory, who is not happy throwing shoes and shoeboxes at Drake. <laughs> what is taking so long? It's been hours. He told her Snakey Wakey could find her key. So why is he not back there with a beautiful message for her? He will be. Drag assures her that everything will happen as she wills it. It's just a matter of time. Time? Everything takes time here. What about her time? Does no one care she is on a schedule here? Tick tock, Drag. Tick tock. The chase continues, and when Cobro cuts through a park, Buffy abandons the car, grabbing a chain off the fence that she passes. The park has some rocks, and she uses a particularly large one to launch herself onto Cobro, strangling him Princess Leia style. I will say one of the good things about Giles' convertible is that it does make it easy to get out of the car when the when the 
roof is down. Yes. Huh. Unfortunately, that doesn't quite kill him. And Buffy is forced to pummel him into a bloody pulp. Very oh. just she is getting out her. This is this is one of those moments where Giles would walk up and be like, you got him. All while Glory waits, slowly realizing that her snake friend will never make it to her. Later, at the hospital, Buffy asks Joyce if she wants her to stay. No, she'll be okay. But she does think she should talk to Dawn alone. Does she have bed hair? She doesn't want to be scary, Mom. Buffy assures her she looks beautiful. Okay, she's ready. Sending Dawn in, Buffy moves to the hall, watching as the two embrace. She stays close, just as her mother asked. That's when Riley arrives. Is she okay? She looks kind of beat up. Buffy says it's minimal damage of the fighting kind. It's just all the other kind. Pulling her close, Riley tells her to let it all out. That he's there. She can't, though. Her mom and Dawn need her. And if she starts crying now, she may never stop. Riley goes to stroke her face, but Joyce calls and Buffy immediately heads for the room as Riley stands there alone. Wearing his wearing his very Southern California appropriate turtleneck. Turtleneck sweater. To hide stuff. Well, yes. So like, yeah, are we supposed to feel sorry for Riley? I think we are. Because I get like he's feeling that he is the only person not in the loop because even Spike knows what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I'm sorry Buffy is paying more attention to her mother with a brain tumor than to you. Yeah, like I think like the thing is, it's like if Riley had come across Buffy sitting on the back step crying she would have told him. Yeah, of course. And she, you know, like she has so much going on in her mind that, yeah, somebody probably would have had to tell, you know, somebody might have had to tell Riley because she has she has her mom in the hospital. She has her little sister to worry about. And then like I do like the scene with the doctor who talks too much. Yeah. Where like and, and the thing is, it's like, He's talking to her like she's a grown up. Yeah. He's talking he's talking to her like she is a 30 something year old woman who has her life together. But this is a this is she's only in her 20. Like did is, did she even turn did, did we get to 21 yet? Like how like No, we did 21 yeah. is next season. Yeah. She dies before she makes us 21. That's right. Yeah. So like she's not even 21 and like you're not at 20, you're not thinking about your parent being sick and dying no like how the hell would she know all this stuff that he's asking her yeah like that she doesn't she has no way of knowing that she's over she's overwhelmed and part of the problem is riley is so caught up in his own bullshit you know instead of like being mad that somebody else told him that something was going on you know, he should just, you know, like when he did get to the hospital, like she and I'm really glad she didn't apologize for not saying anything. Yeah, she probably realized, you know, she in her head probably, oh, somebody else told him and like what he did when he got to the hospital, like him going to the hospital, that was appropriate and the appropriate reaction. And he didn't say like, oh, you know, well, I wish you would have called me. I would blah, 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 blah. He just goes so hot and cold. And I think that's what's bother what bothers me about Riley. Yeah, no, like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't 
feel sorry like for you and your whole like but why is my girlfriend not constantly running to me and letting me play the big strong man just go go away Riley I know you're going to very soon but I need you to go away now (laughs) go away be gone yes be gone (sighs) all right that's it for this week thank you all (laughs) for listening and make sure to join us next time for season five episode nine listening to fear Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!